Ready, set, go! Welcome back to the EV Diaries, the place where we explore EVs in small town America. And in the last show, I revealed that I am the new owner of a 2017 BMW i3 with the range extender. Now I am faced to ask the question, how am I going to charge this thing? This is one of the buying consideration questions that fall in that category of, does this fit my lifestyle? I know that I want the level two charging capability at home, so I have to ask what are my options. Again, there are three basic questions to ask. Does it fit my needs? Does it fit my budget? Does it fit my lifestyle? Which, you know, those three questions can be applied to about anything in life. So the first question, when looking at a charger, does this fit my needs? And this is the heavy lifting part of the decision-making process. And let's back up. Why do I want level two charging at home? Well, it's anywhere from four to 10 times faster than a level one EVSE, which is electric vehicle supply equipment. One thing that level two will allow me to do is to make sure that my car is charged and ready to go the next day. And let's look at level one here in America, okay? It's 120 volts and the EVSE draws around 15 amps max. Now, this is a theoretical because, let's face it, voltage can vary. I know here at the co-op, we try to maintain a supply voltage to residential customers between 118 volts and 124 volts. That is the industry standard acceptable range. So this will alter charging time. You can also change the charging time through the car settings. I know that the BMW offers at level two either a 32 amp setting or a 20 amp setting. And some EVSEs may have that adjustability as a function of their design. Level two charging occurs at 240 volts and in some places it might be 208 depending on the transformer configuration but you typically see that more in an industrial setting. It's usually on a 30 amp circuit, a dedicated circuit to that, or bigger, and it has the same variabilities that factor into charging times. Again, you've got 240 or 208. Um, you do have some fluctuations in that, and you do have settings both inside the car and possibly on the charger that will control the charging time. So just for fun, um, let's look at a 40 kilowatt hour battery, which is roughly 140, 150 miles. Charging at level one, 120 volts at 15 amps, which is 1.8 kW of power. It would take two, uh, 22, 22 hours in theory to charge. Again, that is the theoretical max. I would go ahead and add another 20% to give you a better estimate of charging time. So that becomes 26 and a half hours, give or take. On level two, 
which again is 240 volts at 30 amps, 7.2 kW, would theoretically only take five and a half hours to charge the same 40 kilowatt hour battery. Again, if you wanna add 20% to give you a better estimate, you're talking six and a half hours. So in reality, level two should be significantly faster, at least four times faster. Also keep in mind that your battery is probably not in deep discharge and you routinely may want to charge only to 80% as we've discussed in the battery health episodes. For me, I need level two to fit my lifestyle. I can't spend 10 hours of charging overnight for 40 miles worth of range at level one. Some nights I don't get home until 9 p.m. and then I am back up at 3 or 3.30 and out the door by 4. Now, level 1 works really well during my work day because my work day is 10 hours long. So when I get to work, I can plug up my EVSC to a 120 outlet and charge the entire day, and I'm going to get that 40 miles or so and get home with no problems. And I guess that is the big why that you would want a level two charger but but let's look at the options that are available that you need to look at when you ask does this fit my needs um, here is my list for level two charging charging speed and this varies anywhere from 16 amps to 50 amps for level two keep in mind anything requiring over 40 amps must be hardwired. Okay. Bigger is faster, but it may be more than your house wiring can handle, and it may be more than the car can take. I know the i3 can handle 32 amp max, so anything over that is useless. However, newer cars are pushing that limit, and EVSE manufacturers are building extra capacity. Teslas can handle 48 amps and the chargers that they sell for home use can deliver that. Of course, you will need a 50 amp breaker, 60 in this case, just to make sure that you don't overload the circuit. But again, you buy what fits your needs. I don't need any more than 32, so that's definitely something to consider. Functionality. Does the charging station need to be portable? Uh, level two are available as both a wall-mounted hardwired or designed to plug into a stovetop outlet, or you can get them as a portable extension cord type that would, again, plug into a stovetop plug. Why would this be important? Well, flexibility if you travel. I know that you can pull into a campground and quite possibly charge your vehicle. There are several places listed on PlugShare that that's exactly what it is. There is a 240-volt plug there available for anyone that wants to bring a Level 2 EVSE and plug in. And then you have to realize about the permanence of it all. Uh, if you're a renter and you don't have a permanent place that you can put a charger or if you have a situation that and we'll get into this in a minute 
security might be an issue. Maybe you want a portable charger that you keep in your car at all times. Of course, hardwired or stovetop plug, they're either a NEMA 1450, which is like a four-wire household plug, or there is also a NEMA, I think it's a 60-50, which is like a... Um, 240 welder type plug. These are usually the two options that you can get in a plug-in type ESVE. Now for me, I feel like a wall-mounted unit that plugs in is the best of both worlds. Sure, it's semi-permanent in that I don't have to move it, but if I ever want to take it with me, I can unplug it, stick it in the back of the car, and I have it with me. But each one has its pros and its cons. This is also a good time to take into consideration whether the unit's going to be installed outdoors or indoors. The charging equipment is typically designed for both applications, but all the other parts, including any outlets that you might have to install, must meet code and must be weather resistant. At this point, too, as I mentioned earlier, let's consider security. Now, I am not saying that this world has any unscrupulous people in it, but if you're worried about people charging without permission, which, you know, you may want to do that, PlugShare, there are many open chargers and NEMA 1450 plugs that are available to the public that people just allow EV owners to come and charge and you may want to be one of those people because that is supporting the EV community. But I'm saying that if you are concerned that someone is going to use your charger without permission, you may want to take the security issue into consideration. Um, keep in mind, somebody might steal your charger and exchange it for drug money. That is sadly a fact of life, especially in small town America. Uh, you can add a padlock to most J1772 connectors to prevent people from using it. Um, and I've seen it on most. There's a little hole that you can put a small padlock through and it uh, keeps the um, connector from being plugged in or unplugged from if it has a holster. And just to comment on the J1772 connector, that fits all vehicles, both EV and plug-in electric hybrid, that are sold in North America, except for Teslas. And when you buy a Tesla, it comes with an adapter to go between the Tesla and a J1772. So if you live in North America and you buy a charger designed to be used in North America, you should not have any connector problems whatsoever. But look for that J1772 anyway. So we've talked about speed. We've talked about functionality. Let's talk about cord length. And this is basic, basic. Just make sure it reaches from where you're going to locate the EVSE to where you park your car. More specifically, make sure it reaches to where you park your car and where it will easily reach the charge port on the car. Keyword here being easily reaches the charge port. 
I think that covers basic needs and considerations. So the next question is, does this fit my budget? We're going to skip that for now and let's look at lifestyle. These are features that you might look for in your EVSE and let's see what some of those might be. Cord management. Okay, this is easy to overlook. Um, you've got to hang the cord up when it's not being used. Is the cord hanger built in? Is it something you're going to have to add to the side that is completely separated from the charger? Does it even have such a thing? And I know that a lot of the chargers I've looked at will have this, you know, cheap little hook that you could go to Lowe's and buy. And, uh, and this little round thing that is supposed to hold the, uh, the J1772 connector when it's not in use which I will bring that up now, a holster for the J1772 connector. I know the ones that I have looked at have a built-in place to where you clip in the connector when it's not in use. I know the one that we use here at the co-op is also the same way, but I've seen some that just come and wrap around. And keep in mind too, if you're gonna put this outdoors, you may want to uh, see if it comes with a cover if there's not a holster to hold the connector. Flexibility of the cord. Again, this may be an issue on cold days outdoors. And is it going to create a trip hazard? Especially if you live like in an apartment complex where there may be some public areas where people might be walking through next to where your charge station is. You want to make sure you're not creating an unsafe area. Smart charger capabilities and conductivity. Um, you know, this, this will allow you to connect over Wi-Fi and be able to control the, the charge station through an app. Um, this may give you some data monitoring, um, especially how much energy is delivered um, and what your state of charge is at any given moment just by looking at your phone. I would say that the most cars will give you feedback on how much energy that uh, has been delivered to the car through the charging station. So I don't know that this is necessarily a function that you want, but that option is out there. So let's get back to looking at the budget. Installing a NEMA 1450 plug may be cheaper than hardwiring a station. And I'm not sure why that would be because I would imagine the electrician, it's the same time commitment, but you look at installing a 1450 plug is mundane. Installing an EV charger is not. So just the novelty of it, an electrician might uh, see that as an opportunity to charge you more. Another thing that's gonna affect the price is the charger type. I have seen that the portable extension cord type, which they are most likely designed to operate between 16 amps or 32 amps depending on the one that you buy and you might get one that supplies 40 amps but anyway they're not going to be smart capable uh, they're going to be somewhere between 200 and 400 dollars and that depends on length um, some that i've seen have an adapter where they can act as both a level one charger and they switch pigtail plug connections and 
it can operate as a level two charger. So there's there's some flexibility and options there, but you're going to spend between two and four hundred dollars. Wall mounted units start about five hundred and they increase price on charging speed, which again you'll see as amps, 16 amps, 32 amps, uh, 20 amps, 40 amps, 50 amps. Um, they get more expensive if they have some smart capability. And you will pay for brand names. I know I was looking at a BMW iWallbox Connect, and it is $1,130. Or at least it is at the time of this recording. So for me, what I'm looking for is I want at least 32 amps capacity. This is not going to be my last EV, so I may consider something with a larger capacity. Um, my garage is 20 by 20, and I plan on installing a NEMA 1450 plug below the panel, which is situated along the outside wall in the center of the garage. I have plenty of service in my box, so I should be okay with uh, installing a 50 amp breaker. Um, I'm thinking that a 25 foot cord should reach anywhere inside the garage that I want to go and should I park my car outside for any reason, it should reach far enough into the driveway that I would be able to charge. Being an engineer and a bit of a nerd, I want that connectivity and data collection just so I can, you know, monitor everything um, all about the numbers because uh, it's not going to be hardwired. I have to stay below 40 amps. I considered buying a portable EVSE, but I think I'll go with the wall mounted um, because of the connectivity. It trumps the flexibility of being able to take it with me. And like I said, where I'm getting a plug-in type, if I really, really just felt the need to take it with me, I could. But I'm going to charge mostly at work at level one and at home at level two. So right now, I'm currently considering the Juicebox 40 or the ChargePoint HomeFlex. Um, Clipper Creek also makes some nice chargers. And I've looked at them. The only drawback I have against them is the Wi-Fi connectivity. So next time, we'll weigh the pros and cons of the Juicebox 40 and the ChargePoint HomeFlex. So hit that subscribe button to always be notified when a new episode posts. The EV revolution is here, and I told you it would be a fun ride. <music>